So welcome back for Hour 2. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Codal Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. Oh, we're super excited to be in Rapids. Yes, we are. And you might see us around town in a little bit different way. Remember to look for Coldwell Banker, Seawert Realtors. Exactly. And how do you think they're going to see us? What, what's new? So we went out and we did a thing. And I love having great ideas and watching them come to fruition. fruition. We're not quite there yet, but we're like 95% there. We just have some touch up. So what we did is we purchased a camper and we changed it into a mobile office, which is going to be super great for our buyers and for our sellers. So when we do our, these large open houses, we have a place to take all of our buyers and our sellers and we can chat with them kind of in the, in the quiet, in a quiet space that Nobody else is going to be around. So that way, you know, we've got a place for, for the kids. So if they need some snacks, we got some snacks, we got some drinks, we got everything all set up. So that way mom and dad can go write an offer or even write a listing if we needed to all in one little place. So we have identified a need because this market is so crazy. It is. It, it really is. And when we put a house on the market, it is a feeding frenzy. Still, mm-hmm. and especially if it's a desirable condition of a house in a desirable price range, and especially if it's in a desirable location, because remember, real estate is location, location, location. It is. So we end up just essentially doing an open house on the day that it gets listed, and everybody just comes on by because you can book your showing online and it's, it's going to be filled. Well, and not only that, I mean, the situation we were in is we, it wasn't even an open house. We were just there doing showings and we had so many people there that people thought it was an open house. So they were driving by, checking out the location and just stopping by and just going, yeah, I'd like to see the house. Well, we already have four showings going on at this point. You know, if you just wait a little bit here, that way some of the traffic can, can leave we can take you in, we can show you the home and we can talk to you about it. But then it didn't really give us a place to go to write an offer in a quiet location. We were doing it at a picnic table with people walking around, something that should have only taken us about a half hour, 45 minutes to do, took us, took us almost twice as long. Because we were also directing traffic and you know trying to hold people back so people could have their space in the property and manage all of those um, all those needs, all the people wanting to see the property. And then, yeah, we figured let's have a mobile office. Let's pop up something, but be more than a pop-up tent. Right. And then, you know, if you do come the showing with the children, uh, so our mobile office has an area for I mean, you know, at, at a little all bit of our, entertainment. At showings, I do have snacks with me. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. I like to, I like to snack on things. Um, so I always have snacks with me. But it was just one of those situations where wasn't really expecting that many people just randomly stopping by. And to have a, a quiet place to go to would be really nice. So then we came up with this idea. Yep. We came of, up with an idea. Having a towable mobile office mm-hmm. and we put the logos on it. We put our logos all over it and, and, and we're it, happy. And it's really neat that Codal Banker is has done a rebrand recently. And so with our North Star logo, it's all about guiding you home. And Coto Banker's been around for over a hundred years. Yep. Since 1906. Coto Banker Seward's been around over 85 years. Correct. So, you know, it just, everything just keeps falling into place and falling together. And then we had the instance and then we had the idea. And so then it, came to fruition. And then we started going on uh, showings with, with these new properties coming on the market from other agents and found that we were in the same boat as the other agents were with our listing. And so we would walk up and there's, you know, the listing agent was there and he's doing traffic or she's doing traffic control. 
and we've got, you know, four families waiting, you know, one or two in the house already. You and I look at each other and go, see, now if they would have had a mobile office, they could have handled things a little bit more efficiently. Right. And and even still, I mean, if we're not in there writing the office, you know, writing the, the offer in, in our little mobile office and there's another agent there is like, I have all the papers, you know, we're going to tell you, go on, go on in, sit on down in, in the camper and everything's going to be there. You know, we'll have a, there's going to be a printer in there. We're going to have it so that way we can write the offer. There's another agent who is from the Madison area. They drove this far. Their people want to write the offer. We're going to have that opportunity, that place for them to go and do it. So this is to benefit everybody. You know, not, it's just not going to be for us. We're going to bring this to our open house, but Hey, if we're there and we have an agent who did travel a long way, they need a place to go to, to write that offer offer. Hey, why don't you just jump in the camper? Yeah. It's a, I I think 16 foot or 17 foot camper. Yeah. It's just a little, little kind of little bit of a baby one. So, well, it's, it's small. It's not a, a park model, but it's not a teardrop either. So you've got plenty of room. You can fit five people in there right. fairly comfortably. We redid some of the benches. Now it's right. a so banquette. We and- took out that queen bed up front mm-hmm. and made that a bench seating area as well. So it's going to be, it's really neat. We are going to be having it at all of our community events yet too. Well, so- see, that's, that's the other thing. So be on the lookout for the community events and you'll get to know our little mobile office. You're going to be able to spot us. From across the way, because we will have the camper. We'll be camper side. So look for the North Star logos and uh, follow us. So we'll help you, uh, we'll help guide you home. Exactly. And one of the great things that we did is we had to call our insurance company because Carrie went and did something. And I'm smiling. And and this is the reason why you have an insurance person to talk to. Right. You just call them up. We have American Family Family. Steve has been super great with us. So a big shout out to to Steve. Um, he was really awesome. So one thing while we were sitting down and we were talking about the camper and why I was doing this, I mean, I had to explain to our insurance guy what we were really doing. And he was happy. He was he was happy to to help us insure it. He thought this was a really great idea. But then he brought up the whole entire, you know, those sheds in everybody's backyards. I'm like, yeah, the she shed. He's like, yep. He goes, been seeing people turning that into an office as well. So this is why I wanted to bring up the shed. So. Okay. So it's not just making offices in your closets. Right. So instead of a closet, a clawfice, however you say it. Yeah. But let's not do the office inside that walk-in closet. Let's take our she sheds and turning that into your office at home. So. Steve and I had a nice conversation about that stuff going on of, okay, well, we're now repurposing. We have this, you know, secondary garage. We have this small little tiny garden shed. I need a place to go that I can shut everything, lock everything up and have, have an office. Those outdoor sheds are now starting to turn into an office. He saw a trend in in his insurance part of outside sheds turning into office. Well, and you can get the prefabricated models. Um, there, there's a plethora of, you know, people. You can even go over to like the Home Depot or the Menards and um, get a kit, do it yourself, all that jazz. As long as it's properly permitted, that's one thing. Right. You're probably going to need electricity out there and some sort of heat or cooling. Right. But I, I mean, I'm a fan of the tiny home movement. So I've been, you know, looking on YouTube for over a decade, just following all that, you know, that, that whole trend. And we did talk a little bit about those tiny homes and and how those get Mm -hmm. insured, because again, we want to make sure that everything is properly insured. You know, there's, yes, we can get away with this type of thing, but we are always in that mindset of making sure that everything is properly insured and our insurance company knows about it. So we're on really great terms with our insurance guy. Yeah. And well, well, this is, you know, some of the biggest investments of people's lives is their home and their property. Right. So yeah, we had a great conversation of, you know, what people are doing it now and how does that all get insured? You know, is the insurance companies, you know, are they going down different roads that they have never gone down because people are thinking outside the box? 
that, you know, the pandemic is kind of the mother of necessity or how that works. You know, necessity is the mother of an invention, I guess. Right. Right. So having to be creative, being forced to be creative, people are coming up with a lot of great ideas. They are. One of the things to kind of circle back a little bit, we're talking about um, people coming up to the area from, you know, Milwaukee, Madison, Chicago. This is up north. It is. For a lot of those, uh, at the mentality, because it's about three hours and you don't want to spend more than three hours in the car with the family mm-hmm. without wanting to strangle them. And so going all the way up to Hazelhurst and Monaco, you know, that's two hours north of us. And then Hurley is another hour north for us. So that's our up north. Anyway, this is starting to become the vacation destination for, you know, those metropolitan areas. And that was even mentioned in Realtor.com. It was. A recent uh, survey. They, they posted us as number nine out of 10 top United States um, up and coming vacation destinations to buy your second home. And a lot of them were Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. So I think Upper Michigan got got a little ping. I would have to look at the map a little bit more closely, but yep. And then the rest were down in the usual sort of uh, southern states, Carolinas, Texas, that jazz. So to have us little old Wisconsin Rapids on this national Realtor.com survey was just phenomenal. They even called out Lake Nepco by name. And says, you know, you can probably get a pretty good deal over on this little Lake Nepco for like less than half a million dollars. And it's true. There is uh, a number of listings out on Lake Nepco. So if y'all are interested on that, go ahead and give us a call. So we've got a couple listings that already have home on, on a lot. Right. Or there's a lot of vacant land available as well. So either which way, we got you covered. So if your budget's anywhere between $440,000 up towards, uh, I think there's a listing $1.6, $1.3 million. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much if you have that much to invest in an existing property, the difference between $1.3 and $1.6 probably isn't going to matter too much. Mm-hmm. The, the taxes on that property are $11,000 a year. Wow. Only 11000 That's just in taxes. Excellent. Maybe. So if, if you know people or if you're seeing newcomers to the area, you know, give them a welcome because I guess this is the place to be. It is the place to be. And now we, we're hearing a lot of Sand Valley news. So that's, you know, they're, they're becoming bigger name again, even than what they were with the airport here in Wisconsin Rapids. That's helping. So we're getting national exposure here in our little town of 20 something thousand people. It's We're going to be the next Wisconsin Dells, maybe. Bigger than that, better than that. All right. And we're going to guide them home. Excellent. So let's get into the market for the area a little bit. Okay. Unless you want to keep going with anything of the she sheds and the mobile office. Uh, no, I think I'm good. I might circle back around them in the next couple, couple weeks. Fantastic. So... Let's look at what is for sale right now. It's Wednesday night, Wednesday the 28th. Land. Okay, land in Wisconsin Rapids area. How many think, or how many uh, pieces of land do you think are actively available? I'm going to go with 143. 137. Oh, a little high today. Yeah. So if you're looking for vacant land, if you're curious about vacant land for building purposes or for recreation purposes, let us know. We can help you out. Um, low price is five thousand nine hundred. High price is eight hundred and seventy nine thousand. Medium price is right in fifty five thousand. So we have a little bit of land for pretty much everybody for a whole lot of different reasons. Right, we got stuff in the city. We have mm-hmm. stuff outside the city. We've got small little, you know, point. 11, all the way up to probably 40, 50, 60, 150 acres. So we've got everything in between. So now if you're looking for existing houses, let's see here. I'm going to so, go with 22. 
in the Wisconsin Rapids area. Yep. Active without any offers on them currently. Okay. Yes, 22. Yes. All right. I know. So days on market, the average days on market is 62 days. So again, there's some in the higher prices that... Have been on there for a little bit. For a a while. A while. Yep. But there's many that have just come on the market. And actually, if you've been, you know, kind of following along with us last couple weeks, especially, it's been 22, 23 houses, 24, 25 in that mid twenties is about how many active listings we have each of these Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, they're coming off the market, but they're coming back on now at an even pace and it's starting to kind of stabilize at this. And really once we, we can check those numbers, you know, Friday night and we're still in that, I'm going to call high twenties, you know, we're in that, that 25 range and we come back to work on Monday and we're back down to 17 homes because everybody who wrote an offer over the weekend, everything is kind of gets cleared out on Monday and then come Tuesday again. So Tuesday, Wednesday seems to be the days to list that new home to put it on the market, like Tuesday, Wednesday. And then that way it gives it the week to for showings. And by the weekend it has those accepted offers. But then we also see that push at the end of the week so you can get the weekend traffic in. Right. <clears throat> so they're, there's, they're coming and going. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's springtime. Um, I think people are relaxing a little bit because of the vaccinations that are happening with COVID. And, and, and we should really are coming back on. definitely talk about how the MLS, it's a live feed. So it's not that it updates at nine o'clock in the morning and then again at noon, then again at five. It updates on a regular basis. So if we get a listing and we can get it into the, the MLS, it'll be in there at 10 o'clock and 10 to one it's I, everywhere. I just hit refresh and there's 23. Yeah. So that's, that's where that, that whole entire, you know, this is, we're telling you these numbers now and we keep talking about how we refresh or we relook at things. It's a live feed. So agents can put Homes on if we get an accepted offer on a home at 10 o'clock at night, we can take it off the market or we can make it active with offer at 10 o'clock at night. And if we're talking to a seller or a buyer at 1030, that home is no longer up on our screen for active without offer. So that's where we're kind of, we're, I want to explain that just a little bit so that way mm -hmm. you kind of understand what we're, when we say active and active with offer. There's two different things and it's a live, it's a live feed. Unfortunately, this MLS live feed, it, it does get syndicated out to third-party websites. It does. But it's not as fast because those pushes out to the third-party websites only happen once, maybe twice a day. Correct. They're, they're not as on time or they're not as timely as what we can see with literally the back end of that multiple listing service feed. Right. So that, that with a couple of buyers that we've started working with, you know, we have to explain this of it's a live, it's a live organism. It's, it changes hourly, minutely, secondly. So that way, you know, we can check before we go on a showing, Hey, there's only five homes in your price range. We go on a showing and we come back to the office to look at those and there's now only two, three houses sold or they got an act, they got an offer that has been accepted in that hour and a half. So it, it gets kind of addicting sometimes, especially, you know, like the Monday, Tuesdays when mm -hmm. it's really active and we can just sit there and every five minutes click you know, reset, refresh, refresh, refresh. Well, and then you look okay. at it to see if you can notice which ones came on and which ones came off. So sometimes it's a guessing game of, yeah. okay, well, I wonder what came on or, right, right. oh, wow. Okay. I was going to show that house this afternoon. Now it has an accepted offer on it. I may not be going to doing that showing tonight. So it's, it's one of those things where we can really look at you and say, okay, there's four homes and 10 minutes later, there's really only two. So people of all price ranges have something for them here. Mm -hmm. So we can see if you've got between 
55,000 and 67,000, you've got one, two, three, four options. So you can still go to, to four. Which I think two weeks ago we had zero. So that's, that's positive. That's a right. good thing. Uh, one is uh, technically down in Rome, so it's a little bit south of Nakusa, but it still has a Nakusa address. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a mobile home on a little bit of land, so that's why it's 55000 But the other three out of that batch are more traditional houses, you know, on, you know, traditional lots. Let's see. The next category is 120000 to 179.9. So there's a whole bunch there. I'd say about nine. And then we jumped to 224,000. It's, it's on Bobble Link. Bobble Link Court. And that is a very pretty house. And, and it's fun to say. That's the only reason why I'm bringing it up. It's fun okay. to say. It's fun to say. And it's a very pretty house. I wanted to go see that this afternoon. So between 224. And 259, there are three options. Then we jumped up to 339. There's three options in that category up to 380. And then our 300, or excuse me, 435,000. And there's five options above that. So it's it's a pretty well represented. If you've got... An interest in any one of those general categories, I mean, we, we've got something to show you today. Correct. Which is a good feeling because two months ago, it wasn't there. No. No, a totally different market. Well, even from two weeks ago, completely, we normally would say, I'm sorry, but there's nothing in the price range. There are homes for sale in that, but they all have accepted offers on it. Now, we do see sometimes a secondary offer getting accepted, so... Mm-hmm. Depending upon, again, the seller, the seller still owns the home. They still have the right to say yes or no to showings. We're now, we've seen a couple secondary offers being written. We have not seen those secondary offers get moved into a primary position, but they are still taking secondary secondary offers. So that way, if something would happen to that first, there is a backup plan. And a lot of times that's pretty smart. It is. Anytime you can get a secondary and and have a backup plan is a great idea. So let's talk about some national news and trends. Okay. And there's not much overall that's new. We still see the the same sort of uh, trend that we have been where the housing market is crazy across the country, just like it is here. And the opportunities are just like they are here. People are still listing. People are still getting offers accepted. And it's at rates that are, you know, categorically phenomenal. Um, It's starting to taper off as far as growth. So we're starting to stabilize and level off. We are. And that's a good thing to see. Right. And we just, you know, just going through what our, our MLS is doing of having some homes available in price ranges. That's very encouraging to see. So uh, the people over at CoreLogic, they do a lot of uh, market analysis and, you know, looking at how things are across the country. And they're saying that interest rates are edging up, which we, we've been talking about. So mm-hmm. they're, they're edging up a little bit. That's starting to slow down the secondary type of uh, applications. So people who are doing refinancing and that jazz, but the um, primary, you know, the first time home mortgages or the primary home mortgages are continuing to just be steady. E- even even though the interest rates are kind of edging up a little bit. Now, when we're saying kind of edging up, we're actually in that 3% range. Correct. We're, we're over three right you now. You know, versus where we were a couple of weeks ago where we're still at that to 2.8, 2.9, 2.9. So we finally hit that 3% mark, which still is quite low. And even across the country, if they're only at three and a half, 3.8, that's still amazingly low compared to, you know, the last 20 years. Correct. One of the things that I know JR likes to talk about is an affordability index. Mm -hmm. So looking at 
the income levels of the people in an area versus the price of housing in the area. And here in Wood County and really surrounding us in central Wisconsin, the affordability index is very favorable. So people have really good paying jobs compared to what the price of housing is. Correct. One of the trends CoreLogic says is that interest rates going up and the excuse me, the housing prices maintaining this increase, even though it's slowing down. In some areas of the country, it's really squelching that affordability index. And those areas might have to wait a little bit for the income side of things to match what the price of housing is. Fortunately, I, I don't see that so much here in central Wisconsin. No. And especially not for another couple of years. Uh, one of our, our coworkers had stumbled on a, a survey, kind of a data analysis thing, where they were looking at, so the big crash of 2008, if that wouldn't have happened and all of the market fell out from the, the housing prices and all that nastiness that happened, where would we have been with a standard growth margin, you know, like the one, one or 2%? Mm-hmm. And what they've concluded is that if 2008 didn't happen and we standard growth all the way up to where we should be today, we are actually at where we should have been if that didn't happen. The so pro- we basically stayed the same. Well, it, we ended, In theory. We, we ended up the same. Okay. What had happened was that crash of 2008 really took us a setback and growth only continued at that, you know, nominal pace, that one or 2% price growth. Now what happened is that with the pandemic and the interest rates and all this artificial sort of market flux that happened in this last year, year and a half, that jumped us up to where we should have been. So when we start seeing, you know, last couple of years having 15, 20, 25% price growth instead of 2%, you know, it took everybody by shock, but it's kind of like the the market self-adjusted. It just self-adjusted really, really fast. And people are scrambling or had been scrambling to get up and adjust with it, especially you know, mentally. How many how many buyers have we had say, wow, this house shouldn't be worth this much? And we're like, okay, yeah, well, if you're thinking like three years ago, five years ago, maybe. But where it is now, it is priced right for where it is now. I think I hear that more from the parents oh, than, sure. Be- because than, they, than anybody else because they're the ones who they, I haven't bought it. a house yeah. in 20 years and 30 <laughs> years. You know, I bought mine, you know, for like $100,000 and, you know... That's what I bought mine for. But yes, you've been in it for 20 years. You've been making adjustments. You've been making those improvements. So this is where trying to find that $100,000 starter home, you're, you're having that, that hard time adjusting of, wow, really? This is what you're paying for this home? Right. But the, then they also didn't see, you know, uh, what, what's the average? People move... You know, move houses every five five to seven years, right? So if they're caught with the last time they moved was seven years ago, the price for that house versus what it is now is changed a lot. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a small incremental growth like we had been having, you know, like I said, 2008 really knocked us back, but we didn't bounce back from it. So now the bouncing back is happening and it's really pushed up those market numbers and the housing price numbers back to where they should have been if 2008 never happened. True. Now, I I haven't done the numbers myself, but it kind of makes sense when you're thinking about it because 2008 was such a dip in the housing prices and the the market overall. So now we're we're getting back. Uh, Something that you mentioned is the the cash buyer phenomenon of the, they have the cash, the liquidity to purchase the house and they're purchasing it well over uh, an asking price or whatever we think the market would bear. So they're 
increasing the market themselves. But then we have to question sort of in the back of our heads, I hope they're doing this responsibly because where are they going to be when they want to sell it in five years, seven years to, you know, move to their next portion of life? Um, and we don't know. But that that sale now is a comp that everyone's going to be using for basing other houses similar to that in similar locations as well. So it's really interesting to see how how the market can fluctuate like that because of how the market is responding, how people's emotions are put into housing as well. So housing starts, so new property being built okay. is something that's also another index. Uh, we've looked at the Wells Fargo Housing Index and the National Home Builders, Home Builders Association also helps with this. They say housing starts in March had been up a 15-year high. They had increased 19.4% in just March. We know lumber prices and the prices of just all of the building materials in general are skyrocketing. And well, we've talked a little bit about this, and the Home Builders Association agrees. It's a lot of the... Uh, issues that happened down in Texas at the same time as the pandemic and the same time as uh, warehousing not being as prevalent because we could produce what we needed to get to the stores on time. But then COVID came along and the supply chain sort of backed down a little bit. So now we're behind. And then Texas, well, all the oil and all the petroleum products being produced down in Texas, you can't create a panel OSB without gluing strands together to create the board. One of the other things that is even more compounding upon that is what was talked about in the uh, Association of Realtors Hot or Not segment. This is a little bit of a segue, so bear with me. Okay, Across the country, people build houses differently than we do here in Wisconsin. Correct. We have a basement, which is part of our foundation and the reason why we usually do basements is to get the main footings below the frost line and then we found out hey this is pretty cool we can just live in our basement and it provides you know kind of like a storm shelter and all that fun stuff too but in a lot of other parts of the country they don't have that one of the things we do up here in the north is we put our furnace and water heater in our basement space so it's not taking up space on our main levels so other parts of the country, say Texas, where do you think they put their furnace and water heaters? Either on the main floor or up in the attic. There you go. Exactly right. And when a big winter storm comes through and freezes everything and freezes all your water lines in your uninsulated or pseudo-insulated attic, guess what happens with all the problems now you have with your water heater and your furnaces? and your refrigeration and coolant lines, all that stuff. So people are starting to see the, oh my goodness, putting my water heater up in my attic. It's not hot anymore. Well, I guess technically it, it would be because it's hot water, but the trend is not trendy at all anymore. So like you said, moving them down to your first floor, and actually a lot of places across the country have their water heaters in their garage. I mean, we see that in sort of like the mobile home versions here because everything has to be prepackaged on your single level. But yeah, it's, and a lot of places across the country don't have basements either because they don't have the frost to push the footings up. So there's a lot more building on slab or building on grade. So one of the trends that is trendy is tankless on-demand water heaters. Oh, we loved ours. Yes. And remember we talked a little bit with Kim over at Tri-City about tankless water heaters? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Here in the Northwoods, you know, up in the Midwest, we're still seeing the classic, you know, 40 or 50-gallon tanked water heaters. Uh, we're trying to get some efficiencies out of them because uh, you can buy them now with, like, power vents, so they use gas more efficiently. They're more well insulated, but tankless water heaters, there's a lot of benefits. 
you know, I, I liked having unlimited hot water. It was phenomenal to have a shower for 45 minutes after the person before you had a shower for an hour. And then the person on the other side of the house started to fill up their bathtub because they wanted to take a bath for an hour. It could do that as, as you know, running the dishwasher as well, and everything's using hot water. The thing is, keeping the, uh, the unit maintained is a big thing. So, you know, put that in with your furnace service, and maybe they can do both at the same time. So one of the things that we want to do is kind of, you know, help look at trends across the country. And so, you know, the National Association of Realtors has a styled, staged, and sold blog. This week is from Melissa Dittman Tracy, and it's about home staging that looks TV ready. Ooh. Okay. So we know a lot of people watch like home and garden television, right? You know... Property Brothers, just all of them. All all of them. Yep. Right. So we're trying to, are we trying to achieve, what are we trying to achieve here? Buyers expect to see homes that could be showed on their favorite design shows. How does your listing compete? Ooh. Ooh, right. Interesting. So of course, you know, these design shows are really influential. I mean, do you? You know, Joanna Gaines, I think, is probably the most influential one. Sure. Which would be, you know, there's she's got her own line. I believe Target carries it, you know, for for a long time. It was, you know, trying Martha to get... Martha Stewart? Martha was like wow. the old, back in the old days. Back in the day. Bob Vila? Though that's going even way back, isn't it? It is. But isn't Bob more... Fixer-upper? Uh, well, well, it was really the start. You know, of, the, you know what, hey, let's... We can Bob Vila this house and just fix it up to get it to a different point. Right. I like Norm Abram. Norm I mean, is great. The, the New Yankee Workshop, all all that, you know, public broadcasting. But you this, betcha, Kevin. This old house really was the, the start to this whole trend. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back in the late 70s and, and 80s, the do-it-yourself thing was coming into play. TV was really starting to hop off. And, you know, it's kind of... I, everybody likes to see what's in someone else's house. Right. And if you got a skill and you're able to show it off, I mean, the TV internet really has made, made a platform for that. So that way, Hey, it, this is something I can do. I do really well. I'm going to make some videos out of it showing how this can be done. And now you can do it in your own home. Cause I walked you through step by step and you can always pause, rewind, or fast forward, depending upon how, how well you did. So according to the National Association of Realtors study, the study uh, 2021 profile of home staging, they surveyed uh, quite a few people. I don't know exactly how many, but 68% say that the real estate clients were disappointed by how the homes appeared in real life Versus on television. Okay, so we get that comment a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you have gone, you have taken pictures of homes, and they're done extremely well. And you step inside. It's, it if, has, it's, has it's, the effect of you can make a room look bigger than what it really is. There's that little bit of deception. And then also the, I didn't understand how the house flowed due to the pictures. Right. So and I'm not saying that's always your pictures or I'm not trying to call out anybody who does pictures for, for homes, but it's a comment that we hear a lot of is, wow, this house is in a whole lot worse condition. Whoever did the photos really made this house look better than what it really is. And it's nothing nefarious or purposefully misleading there are there happens to be things that you just can't show on the photos because it's i mean you you would have a thousand photos trying to detail everything mm-hmm. and you're not sure what's exactly important you just need to represent well the property <clears throat> or represent accurately the property in the photos that you do show mm-hmm. um 
and it's it's a perspective type of thing as well because right. it it is a little bit distorted because the camera doesn't see what your human eye sees. So we try to do the best we can. Right. I mean, our house on Sumac, we had we had the positive and the negative. You know, people really loved the pictures online. They thought the house looked awesome. We had people write offers without even seeing the home. We've had people come to the house, look at the home, and they're like, the pictures are awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't realize how small the dining room was. The pictures really didn't show that. Well, we're not going to have dimensions on the pictures, but in some ways it didn't show how small a room is or really how large a room is. Cause we've gone to some homes. We're like, wow, this is a really big room. Right. It didn't look like that in the pictures, but oh my gosh, it's a huge room. That's why I like the, the 360 home tours or the 3d home tours. It, it helps with that. So the, the survey that we're talking about here with the, uh, you know, your home versus television. The survey also found that the most important rooms to stage in the house are living room, the primary bedroom. Okay. Formerly called the master bedroom. Uh, very true. But now it's primary bedroom. Okay. And the kitchen. Okay. I agree on the kitchen. Because those are the areas that you're going to spend the most amount of right. time while you're awake mm-hmm. or want to be the most zen and comfortable when sleeping in your bedroom. So yeah, kitchen, the main bedroom, and the living room. That I can definitely see of making sure that those are, because again, the rooms that you spend the most time in, let's showcase them, highlight them a little bit more than the other rooms. So they also said, according to the survey, the least important rooms to focus on staging are children's bedrooms and guest bedrooms. It's like, okay, okay we, we understand the person who's purchasing the property is probably going to be staying in the main, the primary bedroom. We want to show that off. And, you know, the person with the money gets the best room that fits them the most. And so we want to fluff it, you know, make, make it well staged. But the, uh, the other bedrooms, they understand there are going to be more bedrooms than just the one. Right. So not, not focusing on that. Um, the kitchen details, especially, so, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of time is spent in the kitchen, but also a lot of money on kitchen furnishings, appliances, all that jazz. So wanting to, you know, really focus on the artistic presentation of the, the hood over the gas stove or, you know, what brand of stove it is. All, all that stuff could be far more appealing, um, as well as sinks and those water fixtures and lighting and electrical fixtures. Right. And to seating, yeah, too, on top of it. So if you kind of put some extra seating in there, you know, we always say that we're a, a family that hangs out in the kitchen. We and, can have the largest living room. It could be the size of a football field and the family's going to be in the kitchen. We're not going to go hang out in the living room. We're going to be in the kitchen. And that's where we're going to be. We want to make sure that there's going to be a room for six of us to be in the kitchen doing things and be able to have that closeness and that family time in the kitchen. And I think that's pretty common, actually. <clears throat> and not just, you know, here in central Wisconsin, even, you know, watch the 70s show on, that's staged in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think all across the country, really, the heart of the home is the kitchen. Yes. So making that feel like it's homely and welcoming is, is a fantastic idea. Now, there's a, a about bedrooms. There's a lot of, I, I guess I'm seeing a lot of different trends depending on, you know, the style of the house and really the personality of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Your bedroom style what you want to see in a bedroom is not the same as me, even though, you know, we've been together and we've played off of each other as husband and wife for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's also commonplace amongst the buyers. There are so many different bedroom trends and styles and color palettes and bedding and how many pillows do you put on or do you put none? Right. And so, that's, 
always, you know, up to the seller, you know, what can you do? What would you like to do? It's, it's kind of difficult, I think, to make a bedroom neutral, but still warm and welcoming without it feeling like a hotel. Right. And we would be very good at staging a bedroom to look like a hotel room. Well, I, I did that for almost a decade. Yes. yes. So we'd like to have it like a step, two steps above a hotel. So a luxury hotel. Luxury. The luxury suite. Now, of course, when staging things, my personal recommendation is uh, also going to the bathrooms and declutter the bathrooms and put those things, you know, that, that would maybe normally be on the counter, put those away. Um, and even if you can come up with a caddy system, kind of yeah. think back into your, your college days where you had your little caddy that you carried down to the, to the bathroom, just stuff like that. So that way, if you did have a showing... And you need to quickly clean up. You can just have that caddy that you can just put into the linen closet. So that way it's out of, out of the way and it makes that bathroom look less cluttered. So coming up with small little things like that is really easy to do and, you know, very low cost investment as well. And you can still, you know, it's, it's there to help you still live in the house. So you don't have to feel like, you're, you're just a guest in your own house for that time period of, you know, listing and having all the showings. Mm-hmm. Um, we, because we, we want this to be a good experience for you as a seller as well. Yes. You know, we don't want to have, okay, well, we had to clean here. We had to clean here. We re-cleaned and now it was showing on this day, but we're not going to have another showing for another three days. And it's really hard with kids to get them to understand that, the house needs to be 100% perfect all the time. They don't get that. Luckily, that's why it's recommended the least staged areas to focus on or the least of concern are the children's, children's bedrooms rooms. and the auxiliary bedrooms as well. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of buyers who are going to walk into a home, you know, they're expecting somewhat of at least one child to be in a, in a home. So just even with grandkids, you know, all of their toys that they may have yet to, you know, there's going to be one kid's room. And so it's not going to be the cleanest room in the house, but it's going to be a kid's room. The, uh, the paint usually in the child's room is um, usually the most dramatic as well. Painting I don't the know. Walls We've seen some pretty dramatic master bedrooms as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, usually with the, uh, dark but bold colors like a a really dark midnight blue in the master bedroom um that's pretty popular or the dark grays are pretty popular as well and that could be a turn off to a lot of people Mm -hmm. um so back to this blog and the survey um they also said we saw a lot of um higher values being brought by homes that were staged uh, the survey sites between one and five percent would get higher prices compared to similar homes on the market that are not staged. So it pays to spend some time and stage your house pretty nice. Also, thirty-one percent of realtors say staging greatly decreased the amount of time the home spent on the market. And one of the things that we're seeing is buyers are still kind of being picky. Yes. You know, they're, they're still looking for that well laid out home. That, that feels good. Right. That when you walk in the door, whether we take them through the garage or through the front door, they have that warm hug that says I'm home. And if we walk into a home that hasn't been staged or, you know, just has those, some of those bolder colors, it's a, kind of a quiet reminder, you know, we just look at them and go, you know, that bright orange can be painted over and probably best to do that once there's nothing in the house. So before you move anything in, you know, spend a day maybe painting. So that way these bolder colors are out. We're just looking at the flow of the house. So kind of redirecting their thought process when they see those bolder colors is okay. They're here, but we can always paint them over. 
and it's a pretty easy task to do. I mean, there, there's plenty of online tutorials about how to do painting and do it well. If you're still not comfortable with that, that's fine. We've got a lot of resources to help you with that. We got painters. And they'll be happy to help you make your house your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talked about landscaping a lot too. So head over to the Hasa stop if you're trying to uh, get some landscaping ideas. And like they said, they can help you navigate where to put plants and, you know, which styles and how big and whatnot. Um, so yeah, bring, bring a landscaping floor plan and they can help you out. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, are we being done? We got like two or three minutes. All right. Well, that sounds like a great idea. And if you can't make it out to the Hosta shop, I'm sure that there's other local nurseries, greenhouses that are going to be open up this coming up weekend. So definitely May 1st, it seems like looking around is going to be the time to have everything open. So a lot of gardening is going to be happening, going on, a lot of digging. I think the Ace Hardware here in Wisconsin Rapids is looking to get their garden center open. From all my understanding, May 1st is going to be there. So by the time that this airs, they will be open. So head on over and grab some plants. It'll be a great May Day. It will be. So if you're looking for listings here in the area, if you're searching for your house, head over to myrapids.com. And if you see our mobile office running around, that also has myrapids.com on it. So just a friendly reminder. Carrie, how can they get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me by calling 715-323-2577, or you can even text me at that number as well. And if you have questions about things you heard on the radio show and you want to send us an email, it's myrapidsradio at gmail.com. That is correct. Well, you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.